so we're here at Wide Days um, with the panel from the Festival Development Seminar. How are you guys? Would you like to introduce yourselves? Uh, hi, I'm Cecile. I work for uh, Two for the Road, which is a booking agency based in London. Hello, I'm Nick and I uh, run a festival called Electric Fields, which is based in the southwest of Scotland. Hi, I'm Alex from Discovery Talent and I promote emerging talent showcases to the music industry in London and also run a festival in a shopping centre, believe it or not, in London called Westfield. Hi, my name is Monica and I work for a Pohoda Festival as a booking assistant. What do you think White Days shows as a convention sort of? What does it give to people who attend it? Well, I've uh, got a Y Days for the past four years, um, or since it started, so that's maybe that's three years, three or four years, since it started anyway. And it's, uh, for me, it's been a really great tool going from someone who had an interest in music and an interest in events to how to turn that into a, a profession and how to, uh, it was a great way of showing things in an undaunting manner. Um, and how to meet interesting people, such as everyone on the panel and everyone else at Y Days, in a in a series where you might you might see some people, for example, Vic Galloway at a, a gig when you're younger, and it's very daunting to walk up to Vic Galloway, but it's great to be able in a in a situation where you're able to chat to him, get some advice, um, and share a beer or two. Um, for those who are not from the city, how how has it been so far? What do you think of Edinburgh? Um, it's been really good. I mean, the weather's been amazing and the convention, I mean, I've only been here for a few hours, but it's been really cool. I've already met like really interesting people, had loads of bands coming to me to have a chat. And uh, um, I think it sounds, you know, for people like students and young bands, it sounds like it's a really cool place to come and find out a bit more about the industry. Because uh, I remember when I was a student, the industry seemed this, you know, weird thing that I had no access to that was London based and that you know, unless you knew everyone, you would never manage to get into. And actually being here and seeing that, you know, it's just normal people that do, you know, small teams and that you can have a chat with them easily. I think that's hopefully useful for students. Um, so the panel was on festival development and the diversity that festivals are going in and the way they're becoming. There's a divide between boutique festivals and larger festivals and how that divide impacts on various factors. Um, something that wasn't touched on in the panel was um, minority representation in terms of, well, for instance, an example is the Leeds lineup this year had very few female artists on it, and that was heavily, heavily criticised in the media. Um, and then there's a ethnic minority under-representation at festivals as well. Um, what's your opinion on that, and what steps can be taken to start to overcome the issue of like under-representation? I mean, I think Glastonbury are attempting to address this. Um, I certainly am with, I'm very conscious of this because I have done a lot of work with hip-hop and reggae artists and Latin American artists. So when we do our festival and our showcases, we're very conscious. I mean, we do as long as the music works with our plan for what we're putting on. But we do, we have all nationalities and all genders at our, and, and I'd like to see that happening more because some of the festivals are just 
bands full of guys and mm. we d we do need to change that and i think it i think the audience will probably appreciate it more as well definitely mm. yeah i think i agree i think the audience is ready for more diversity in the lineups but maybe some of the festival bookers are still a bit scared because obviously it's a really competitive sector and you know the f the lineup is is really important to you know how many people you get in in the room but i do think that audiences are ready for more diversity in terms of you know yeah gender um, you know ethnicity genre even language you know i think it doesn't really matter anymore whether you sing in english or not but there's still a bit of uh, you know some of the festivals still a bit scared about this but slowly it's changing and hopefully it, that will carry on Definitely. As I can say, for Pohoda Festival, we are based in Slovakia, where the largest minority is Roma population. And each year we're trying to have some Roma bands playing. I think this year there will be a Roma orchestra even playing. So we are trying to do this, to push, to push the minorities to play, to, to be there at the place, because festivals are the best venues or best events where uh, minorities can become more visible and when you don't have these like negative connotations with them that are often there is for example roma population is not popular in slovakia there is no large popularity of them but if you may meet them at a festival where they perform nice piece of music and you get to know them there's like the positive connotation going with it and it it helps also the the society to to accept them more so i think it's really important yeah, absolutely. For, for on our side of things, we look at the the music first, and we book the bands based on the music. We don't look at who's in the band or is it. But no doubt, it's something that will become a really big issue, and it's really important that it does because the, if I was just going through the lineup in my head there, and I was, <laughs> you know, I was trying to figure out you know where, where the, the female artists there, and there's few. I mean. In a way, that's a good way because you're, you're purely choosing it because of music. You're not, you know, there's no choosing someone because of any reason. Um, and it you know, even comes down to things like your mates are in bands. You don't choose a band because they're your mates. You choose the band because they've got good music. Um, but it, it, it is really, really important. And it's a bit of a funny one because the bigger festivals won't be able to do it because the bigger festivals have to sell tickets and they have to like they have to put the biggest bands in, in the world to sell those tickets and so it's a responsibility of smaller festivals to get your book artists almost based on artistic merit as opposed to ticket sellability which is why i make no money <laughs> we always say that um, making a festival and building up like the program it's a piece of art yeah <laughs> so that's how it is. It's yeah. a piece of art. That's what you want to keep it to be. Yeah, it's it's curating uh, a lineup as opposed to mashing something together to make it work. But I think it's also important for the next generation. Like you know, if you think of Leeds, that's like a total rite of passage for teenagers, and it's like the first festival they're gonna go to. And you know, like I'm sure, like fifty percent of the audience is young teenage girls, and then they go there and only see boys on stage. How are they gonna think? Yeah, I can do this as well. And it's so important that you know you put girls on stage, but also all around it. Like you know, we always try and get like more you know female sound engineers and you know female booking agents and you know it's it's so important like the whole industry thinks about yeah. these issues. Definitely. Look about um, when Glastonbury put on Jay Z for the first time. I mean, there was a lot a lot of um, 
banter in the press about it, wasn't there? And it's now happening again with Kanye. Mm. Um, so there, there's going to be the purists who see the festival in a certain way and want it to stay the same. But as you just said, it can't. You have to... Yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah, also I think our generation, like my generation, we've all been on Erasmus, you know, I've studied abroad and, you know, we all got partners from different nationalities and it doesn't matter, like, you know, anymore, like which country you're from, which country you're going to go to, to a festival or to work or to live and and the languages, they don't, you know, I don't think they matter that much anymore and I think the industry is still a bit uh, behind on this, like, for me, I think language is like one of the key issues in the future, like the internet was mm -hmm. 20 years ago. Also, one of the things, the pressure, there are so many people who would love to do what we do. And so the pressure of being good at that and the kind of measurement of being good at it is the amount of tickets that you sell. And so if it really comes down to it and someone's got a choice out of two bands and they, you know, artistically, someone might be better, but they know the other one will sell more tickets, unfortunately, you know, especially with the bigger festivals, yeah. they have to do that it's, and it's really tough. An interesting point Cecile was just saying, we did a little gig last night and the first support act was this 14 year old girl, a uh, local girl from Dumfries and she had this unbelievable voice, like so beautiful and she wrote her own songs. She did two covers which are both by male artists which is you know, a kind of odd thing to look at, you know, especially with the kind of voice she had, it lent itself to, to a female singer-songwriter so well but Everything that's in the, the media and everything that she's voicing, or every gigs that she's like going to, is big male artists. Yeah, I think that's that's I suppose the issue a lot of the time is that women are not necessarily and young girls in particular are not seeing what the potential is for female artists because of the way it's presented. That they have to go to songs written by male artists to cover or get inspiration from because there's no the artists are there, the female artists, but they're just not getting the same coverage or like mm. representation as the male artists are. So it's not as obvious unless you go digging for it until you, I think that's the, like needs to change, I suppose. Yeah, but I mean, that's our role in the industry to work on this. And I mean, I think the percentage of actually women registered with PRS is ridiculously low. I think it's like 14% or something like that. It's, you know, when you, s where it's just, so many more women should, you know, be involved in making their music. But it is quite a scary industry and, you know, it's still a lot macho in many ways. You know, you'll, you know, whether the industry itself or when you play your gear, you'll get a sound engineer be like, oh, do you know how to pl you know, plug your guitar? And it's like, yeah, of course, she knows. <laughs> and, you know, so it's, I think it's a conscious effort that we all have to make. And obviously, again, like you were saying, the, the, the music is the most important. That's how the first choice, how I'm going to work with the band is, is the music good? But on the back of my head, you know, I think I'll try and get maybe a support band that has, huh. you know, female in it. Or, you know, you, you can find ways around it. You still put the music first, but also try and, you know, help maybe young girls to realise they have potential. It is one of the maddest industries for it. Ray Baker, who's the entertainment events manager here at USA, is a female, she's a lady, and uh, we used to work very closely together when I worked here. And the amount of people that would come into a room and look directly at me and ask mm -hmm. me the questions when I've got nothing to do with her side, and even when Ray would reply to them, <laughs> still almost looked to me for confirmation. <laughs> and yeah. it, it's such an odd 
way to uh, it's it's a horrible side of the industry. It really it really is. But again, it is it's responsibility of people who do it on a grassroots level to to change that. Um, uh, when I can say something, it's funny because in Slovakia I have the feeling that there are more females in the industry than the males. And uh, I can name maybe more female artists from Slovakia than male, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's 50 to 50. And, but most of, the, most of the promoters or, or you know, organizations that are putting up uh, gigs and festivals and so on, they're much more female in, in the teams. Really? That I know of, yeah. So I guess that goes on to the question about how does the European festival climate differ to the British climate in terms of how the kind of acts that are put on and the kind of festivals that are run. Um, what's your take on it? It's hard to say whether there is a great difference between the festivals as such. It's uh, maybe uh, a bit different mentality of the festival goers, I will say. And if I compare just um, um, drinking habits. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For for example, at our <laughs> festival, we don't we don't sell any spirits, so it's only beer. But still, you don't you don't get many drunk people there. Even if they are young and so on, they mm. they will not be drunk. They they will know how to drink. That's it. They will have fun. They will they will go crazy, but not to to, to the point that you will be. There will be a need of uh, first aid coming to them, you know. It's, so. it's, a, it's at the risk of sounding like a snob. The dream is to have a European audience or a European style audience at your British festival because mm -hmm. it's, it's a nicer crowd. It sounds really bad. We can delete this part, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, the point is that here's, here's an example. I was working at a major festival last year. And uh, at one point I saw a guy with a wheelie bin full of bottles of vodka and he was pulling it into the campsite. That guy's not going to that festival to, have, you know, to enjoy the music, to have a really lovely time. He's going to have, you know, yeah, actually he's not going to remember anything. And it's, do, do I want to go to that festival with that, that kind of person? Mm. No, I don't want, I want to go to people having a really nice time. People are listening to the music. Everyone can have a beer, absolutely, but don't ruin it with, with that. And, you know, oddly enough, the only way or one of really the only ways that we can make any money is from our bar sales. But we'd rather make no money at all than have 3,000 ah. people who are, uh, like, lying on their backs at the end of it. Because, yeah. you know, well, that brings on to the question, like, how could festivals provide a safe environment for that kind of listening um, when there's such a like, major drug culture and the binge drinking problem in the UK? Um, and where does the balance lie between people who are going to see the music and people who are going to just drink and have a good time? Um, it's, it's audience responsibility. You know, you, you've got to look at the event and go, is that the kind of thing I want to go to? Like, you know, and and you know, it's the way that we curate it as well. You know, hopefully the kind of artists you put on and the environment you create makes people know, you know this isn't the kind of place to come and carry a wheel or bin of vodka <laughs> into you know and it's also it goes down to campsites for example people shouldn't be hanging out at the campsite all day at a festival and then cut like drinking booze and then coming in later on come and enjoy the thing and it's we have people that walk around chatting to people at the campsite saying oh by the way you know so and so is on now and um, you know, so it's kind of 
making people aware of that. But you, know, you can only do so much as, a, as an organizer. And it doesn't matter who your security company, we have a really ace security company and everyone, well not everyone, but people complain about them because they're there to stop the fun, as it were. But they're so crucial to everyone having fun. And you know, that safe environment is so important to us because you don't want anyone to come and not want to come back again through no fault of your own, which is horrible. That's a horrible thought. I think what we can do as festivals and what we are trying to do is to build a community that comes to the festival, that you have a feeling that the person next to you is part of your community, so you will take care of him or her. And that's kind of the thing that you can you can do with and yeah, that's that's the safety coming with yeah. it. Um it's kind of it's really quickly on it, it's kind of a self regulating thing as well. You know, if you have fifteen hundred people at a festival and a small percent decide to be you know, act in a in a certain way, there's a little bit of responsibility to the audience to go, do you know like don't do that. <laughs> you know, we're here to enjoy music yeah. and to, and it's a lot better that way than a security man having to come over. Huh. But, you know, it's if you want to have a good time, help yourself have a good time. Do you think it depends on the lineups? Because, um, you know, I've attended some festivals that are very family orientated, so you get a lot of small kids there. I don't see that go. I don't see the mad drunkenness going on at them. Yeah, I, but that, that's a really good point. Hands up! I totally. When we first were putting together the festival, I really didn't like the idea of lots of kids coming. It's just, it's just not my thing. But there's so much good evidence, so much good evidence that you have children around and people act in a much nicer way. You know, no one wants to be standing beside a, a small child, you know, downing a bottle of vodka or, or whatever. You know, it's it's a nice environment, and the lineup is really important as well. And there there are bands that a hundred percent know if you book them, there's an audience that comes that we don't want at the festival. And it's some people do want that, some people don't want that, and it, you you can curate that. You know. And if you do a metal festival, there will be different audience. And if you do a world music festival or music or festival with different kind of arts present there, you know, it's different when people expect uh, that. Okay, there will be discussions, there will be uh, arts, so I can participate on all these kind of activities. I don't want to waste my time by drinking because then I will not be able to to participate on the program that is there for me. Yeah. <coughs> um. So another question, how do you apply branding to smaller festivals so that you could allow them to be run without like cutting a loss, but still manage to keep the authenticity that's lost when you get the branding that's at major festivals? I think it's good to, even at a smaller level like we are, the partners that I partner with, probably at a similar level but they've got cash so they're not overtaking our brand because that's what I'm always fearful of um, and working with Westfield obviously they're a very big brand but they leave us to do it our way um, because I think that if they came and did it if they booked all the bands and just told us to be there on the day it it just wouldn't be the same because mm. we've got our own style yeah. and we like to work with the grassroots that are slightly edgy, not not straight up pop. The, the good thing, I mean, what what we did for we started small and a lot of festivals 
go wrong because they, they're like, let's start a festival and they go, let's have 20,000 people there first year. And then to do that, you need a lot of money. And we started really small and we got nice level of partners. And now everyone that we work with knows how we do it. And, and if they want to be involved, then they have to get what we're doing, have our ethos. There's no point in us having uh, sort of Tesco's. Or so, you know, like it's, there's no point, it doesn't fit. We, we have a skinny magazine, XFM, Tenement TV, Innocent Gun, Do Our Lager, all, all brands which fit with us, all brands which believe in what we're doing. They're not just trying to tag on so that a young audience will like their stuff. And at the end of the day, you've got to just accept that you won't make a lot of money. But I don't do this to make a lot of money. Some money would be nice. But like, you know, if you want to set up a festival and think, why don't we get a massive brand involved and then we'll get loads of money, don't do it. <laughs> Okay, well thank you very much for coming in. It's been a pleasure having you and enjoy the rest of Wide Days. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs>